0: Good Sunday morning. Hope you're surviving the heat. I am not in case you're wondering. I have melted. It is over for me. Uh, I can't do it, man. It's right now, 2.30 Saturday afternoon, driving home from work, 88 degrees according to the dash on the car. 88, there's no need for that. There's just no need for 88 degrees. 80 and above is wrong. And and in 40 and below is wrong as well. I believe 60 degrees is the only correct temperature. Oops, what is that? Did you hear that just now? Something fell. <laughs> Maybe you didn't hear that. Something, uh, you ever get in the car and then you, like, take a turn and you hear from the trunk and you're like, oh, boy, I didn't secure something properly. Anyway, uh, yes, I'm melting. I hope you're surviving. I was just looking next weekend, obviously, being Memorial Day weekend – it looks like good weather so far, although we did learn on this very podcast from uh, Channel 10, Stacy Penskin. Pension. Didn't she? She corrected me, and I don't remember what it was. I think it's Pension. Anyway, we uh, learned from Stacy, the meteorologist, that really anything past, like, five days, maybe seven, is kind of bullshit. They're kind of just guessing. But uh, as of right now, as of Saturday afternoon, next weekend looks nice for Memorial Day weekend, which is great. I also remember, fun fact, and I bring this up every year. One year, I had Julie Camardo, uh, the current CEO and president uh, and fifth generation owner of Zweigels, had her on the old WHAM 1180 food wine show that I used to do. And uh, it was right at 4th of July. And I said, well, you know, it's the biggest hot dog holiday of the weekend of the year, excuse me, right? 4th of July. And she corrected me and said, you would think, but actually it is not. And uh, I was confused. I was like, what could be a bigger weekend than 4th of July? And she said it's Memorial Day weekend because it's really kind of like the the honest to God kickoff of summer. Summer goes June 22nd through September 22nd, I think. But really, it goes Memorial Day to Labor Day. That's the unofficial rule. So big weekend next weekend Uh, podcast for next weekend. No plans as of right now because my plan dropped out because I got to tell you who I was going to interview. Um, because it's interesting. I had this, had a couple of ladies come to my plant recently. They were looking to create a pasta sauce. I won't say for what company, uh, just in case they do end up doing it. Um, and because we had a confidentiality agreement, so I can't say, but anyway, two ladies, sisters, they come out and the one sister looks at me and she says, I know you from the radio, which of course, to be honest with you, it's going to sound a little douchey of me, but I do hear that all the time. And, uh, and I said, uh, oh, thank you. And she said, from the Kimberly and Beck show, which that's the twist that I don't hear all the time. In fact, that's pretty rare. I was only on the Kimberly and Beck show for like 10 total minutes. So the fact that somebody would say, I know you from the Kimberly and Beck show, I'm like, huh, odd, right? Then, of course, she throws a dig at me and she's trying to ask me, you know, how do we make our pasta sauce successful? And I gave her the, you know, oh, you're going to work hard, you're going to have a good sauce, you're going to go do demos, run festivals, you know. You got to go out and market this stuff. She looked at me and she said, well, it was easy for you, right? You were on the radio. And I always love when people say that. And I, I accidentally actually had the best comeback to her. So first of all, let's before I tell you what my comeback was, let's all agree here that I completely agree with that. I do not deny that I was given a tremendous head start and advantage by having been on the radio for all those years. Of course, I never would deny that. However, it wasn't the only ingredient in the sauce. The special sauce to making the sauce successful was not just being on the radio. It was, uh, it was a combination of, of course, that was a huge deal, but also we worked hard, the sauce was good, and honestly, there wasn't a weekend that we weren't somewhere sampling our sauce for years. Even to this day, 52 weekends in a year, We are probably sampling our sauce 20, 20, probably half of them, 26 of them, I would say, uh, where we're somewhere doing demos or doing a festival or something to this day. And I'd say in those early years, it was probably closer to 40 weekends a year where we were somewhere. So really, it wasn't without hard work and good recipes. But yes, of course, being on the radio helped quite a bit. Anyway, this woman says to me, she says, well, you were on the radio. And without even thinking, I didn't even mean it as a comeback. I just was trying to be funny and, and in an awkward moment. I just said to her, I said, well, just do that. She said, what? I said, do that. Just get on the radio. Get, you know, Go, go get on the radio, and then, and then you'll have the same advantage I had. <laughs> and it occurred to me that that was the perfect comeback. Because it's not like I got lucky being on the radio. I earned that. That was 15 years it took me to get to a spot where I was on a, a high-profile radio show. It's not like that was just given to me by luck. That was earned. Yes, the spot was, was beneficial to the sauce success, I suppose, but it was earned anyway. Anyway, the woman, the whole reason I've been bringing up this woman is because then she said to me, I was on the Kimberly and Beck show once, and I thought, oh boy, here we go. And it turns out this woman, you might remember this story, her husband uh, committed suicide a bunch of years ago and she was considered a suspect for a while but it ultimately was ruled a suicide but for a little while she was thought to have done it and Kimberly and Beck were all over that Kimberly and Beck you know were kind of right there saying it's got to be the wife it's got to be the wife because something you know there's odd circumstances I guess I don't know exactly how much of this is true and what, what is and isn't true. Everything to me is hearsay and memory. But basically, woman finds out her husband's been cheating on her. He's been cheating on her for like a long time, like for years. He's finally busted. He disappears. He's gone for weeks. Nobody can find him. Uh, and he pops up like a block from their house in the woods somewhere and of course ruled a suicide ultimately but she at at one point was thought of to be a suspect because she found out he was cheating and then suddenly he disappears then he turns up dead of course you're going to look at the spouse of course honestly the police should look at the spouse but ultimately they decided suicide right so Kimberly and Beck I guess this particular day were all over her for being a murderer and she called in and you know told him to go f themselves anyway that's the story I got so I said to her you want to do my podcast. This sounds like a hell of a story. What you went through is a hell of a story. She said, yes, I will do it the day we come in to make this pasta sauce. Well, anyway, these poor ladies turns out their father now has COVID. He's in the hospital and uh, it's, you know, it's dad's recipe. So they can't do it without dad and, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the dad. So it leaves me without a podcast for next Sunday, but we'll see if we can figure something out. Today's podcast, food related is all about Real Eats. Who freaking knew, man? I mean, I had heard of Real Eats, of course. Real Eats had a really good reputation. I knew their food was good. I had tried it once. Um, and, you know, I knew that they were growing, I knew they had won the Grow New York competition. Which incidentally, my company's actually gonna order that, uh, enter that this year, but anyway, I, you know, I knew a little bit about Real Eats. I knew they had a lot of, of hype behind them and I knew that they were growing rapidly. But I was invited out to tour their facility this week and uh, asked if I could bring my podcast equipment along and I was able to speak to employee number one. Yeah, there was uh, the founder of Real Eats. First thing he knew he needed was some culinary expertise and his first hire was a chef and that chef, was Marco Bellatori, who you are about to hear from, and we're gonna get some real talk about real eats from the back of an old Italian restaurant to an 85,000 square foot facility. How do you grow a business, a food business, that fast in the Finger Lakes? Marco's here to tell us, enjoy. Uh, this joint is impressive, man. This is, cra- this is crazy. We, you just gave me this tour of uh, the brand new Real Eats in Geneva, in what I guess used to be top, right? At one point, this was a tops. Yep. And then it was Cherry Bundy, Cherry Bundy yep. which, which has begun. They've blown up, right? They've, yep. And you guys are blowing up. And uh, oh, by the way, it's not like radio where I have to do like a whole intro. Mm-hmm. People have clicked All on this right. episode, so they'll know who you are and the backstory okay. and everything. But anyway, but this is freaking. C- congratulations, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's really well, exciting. Tell me about day one. Bring me to day one of Real Eats. So,
1: day one of Real Eats, um, you know, we started, it was a lot of paperwork. We weren't cooking a single thing for maybe about a month or so. So, yeah. I would work an out- a co work that my wife manages here in Geneva. And then we needed a spot to work. So, it was myself. I hired a couple of cooks to come with me. And we went to uh, this little restaurant. It was called Emile's. It was in Geneva, like border city on uh, 96 there forever. And so we just went and worked on this like shitty little Italian restaurant line of a restaurant that hadn't been open forever. I mean, there's like dusty bottles of vermouth in there. And <laughs> the owner was, he was a great guy. He was looking for someone to buy the place. He wanted a, a pile of cash for it. No one wanted to pay it. So um, I was like. Bobby let me let me rent a place, you know, okay, great, so we did that, kind of went through jumped through hoops, did some you know, got crafty, and got Ag and Marcus to come and inspect it and pass us, so we're wow. good to go like um we had to like rig a dish machine to work it was this whole thing but well, anyways
0: you guys were showing me i mean you showed me a couple of the vacuum sealers from day one right yeah
1: dude it was it was no joke
0: one meal at a time you put it in there and you would close the lid and how long yeah. would it take for it to seal so it was uh it would take
1: th- uh 30 seconds oh and, then, and then uh, two seconds to like flush the vacuum and stuff but we were not doing a lot so our, our model was very different we had three meals a week you had no choice your only choice was if you, is how many you got. You could have uh, uh, six, six, nine, six, nine or twelve or something. No, three, three, six or twelve was your only choices. And this is what you're getting. You're gonna have this week. We're selling the duck, the chicken, and the beef, and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we would see we cook them all, cool them. I mean, this is like restaurant style cooking. Yeah, more catering, but it was a lot. It's thirty orders or so. And we'd cook them all, cool them all in the walk-ins there. And then bag them, seal them, and then we'd have to apply manually stickers. You know, to it'd be a sticker, would say meal one, and we'd put them on three bags and put them in the. Then we'd pack the boxes. We we bring in ambient gel packs and freeze them.
0: Did you guys have all kinds of like issues in those early days about like oh the bro the broccoli it's not working in this bag we got to figure out a different bag or something. nope no it was working pretty well like it even, was working because it was small yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I
1: mean so it's it's like you're putting out. You put you're putting out a, a, a fifty person catered event. It's yeah. nothing, right? So it
0: was you were you were good. You had it. Yeah, yeah. it
1: was. It, you know. So my background before that was always in hotels and, and kind of large scale resorts and catering and things. So this yeah. was not a lot of hard work.
0: Well, so give me a little bit of your background then. So let's go pre Brilliance. Yeah, a young Marco Balotelli. He's walking around. Yeah, he's a chef, but that's a different like. Style, right? When you're do when you're cooking for fifty people at a time, because yeah. co- cooking for one person or cooking for a restaurant table by table, dish by dish, that's a, a whole nother skill set, isn't it? To pump out that many meals all at once, yeah, it is. But you also have the
1: immediate feedback of uh, it probably doesn't like the steak. Okay, well, can I fix it? Mm. I can fix it right now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm cooking it, I'm cooling it, I'm sending it to someone who's now going to reheat it mm-hmm. and eat it, and. Maybe they're going to bitch about it online a week later. Yeah, and I, right. I can't go touch that table and say, baby, what's wrong? How can yeah. I fix it? You know, it's just, yeah. it's gone. It's out of your hands. Yeah. So you have to really trust that what you've put in there is going to be acceptable and consistent and great for them because you don't have a second shot at it. Once they don't like it, they're not ordering again.
0: Right. So you're, you're, uh, you're doing banquets and, and, like you said, resorts, hotels, mm-hmm. and things like that. And then this guy, Dan Wise, calls you. And yeah. goes now. Did you know him previously? Or?
1: No. So again, this kind of they were they had a presence. They were renting a desk at Port 100. Um, my wife was working out of there, and their person there, who was kind of like their first marketing person, uh, was also from Canada. Would be down every once in a while. I was like, "Man, you know, we just we need a chef for this." And my wife and I just had. Uh, second kid came out and i was like man i don't i want to raise my kids a little bit i don't want to work restaurant hours really Mm -hmm. and you know the stars aligned and they needed someone to do this and i said well this could be Mm -hmm. i mean i could be really fucking up here or this could be something great
0: it it seemed at that point to you it seemed as though like what was his initial pitch to you that made you think oh they're really on to something because it's not the first meal prep service ever to exist right well
1: no, we but we're not a meal prep service. Understand, okay. We're we're a delivered meal service. So okay. at the time you had Blue Apron, you uh, I think you had HelloFresh as well. Um, but they would send you like here's here's chicken, here's an onion, go cook. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And right. That, and what he sold me on was, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be you're gonna be cooking. You're gonna be cooking real food and then sending it to people. So I said, Oh, okay, yeah, I'm in it. Let's do that. I can do that. I can do that. I can I can replicate a thousand of something and make them all exactly the same. But
0: what made him – what convinced you, because you were going to be the talent, right, and yeah. he was going to be, I guess, the sales guy? Yeah. Right? yeah. What What is it that he was able to do to convince you that he was going to go get you thousands of people to send these meals to? Because at the time, he must have had either zero or very little clients, right? Yeah, we didn't have a lot. Like I said, we yeah. started
1: with, like, 30 orders. Um, you know, I don't know if there was anything specifically. I just think that at that time in my life, I, I wanted a change, and this mm-hmm. was going to be – a real drastic change. And it was one of those fortune favors of bold things. Right. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take risks. Yeah. You got to Yeah. Yeah. You got to take risks. And and I said, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to be better, but I know it's going to be anything that besides what I'm doing now is going to, my focus was honestly, and it's cheesy, but like my focus was, I don't want to see my kids just for five minutes in the morning. And then when I get home, they're asleep, you know, like I I was like, I want to see him. I want to see him more. Yeah. luckily they're not dicks and it's panned out. Like it was cool. <laughs> I got to see him more, so I don't regret it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but in, just, you know, in talking with Dan, he's a very passionate person and he's got, uh, brings a really good energy to, to everything he does. And I really believed in it. Just talking to him. That, That's awesome. That, you know what, this is, even if this doesn't, even if this doesn't succeed, we're doing the right thing for the right reasons. And, you yeah. know, and that was always the goal. His background as a single father, like I, he did this, so his kids didn't have to have pizza and fries every night. Like, I want to give him real food. I was like, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and then also the idea of we're going to blow this up and we're going to create jobs. And so that has been always my focus is how can we grow and create more and more and more jobs? You know, and we yeah, went from yeah. me and two dudes. Now we have like all these people here. They
0: just told can I say the number what I just heard?
1: I don't know. Can we edit this after? Because I'm not sure what we're allowed to say. But oh, okay, yeah. okay.
0: But so many, many, many more. Yeah, <laughs> many more.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot more. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, look, you, you're in this back of this Italian restaurant. You've created yeah. some recipes. You've got thirty or so clients. Where would you say the point was where you said, "This is holy cow! This is a, this is actually not only is this thing working, yeah. but this is a runaway train." Like, this is going big. We're going to end up in this giant. Because, yeah. again, I want to stress, I just toured a giant, beautiful facility with a ton of brand new equipment. 85,000 square feet. 85,000 <laughs> square feet. And you started in the back of an old Italian restaurant. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Where was the point where you said, oh, this is, not only is this working, but this is going to be huge?
1: Um, well, you know, f- from from that place, we were waiting to move into our last spot. And, and that was going to be a much bigger, it was like 5,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. You know, really like, this is amazing this is huge and and it, when we got to that point we were able to do more um, and we saw our orders start to climb we really started gaining some traction where it really started to take off we had um, we had a deal with QVC and within I think a minute and a half we sold like 15,000 orders mm-hmm. we sold out we sold out of our inventory that we had agreed to sell with them
0: so you you go to do you go to them or they go to you or how does uh, that
1: work? that it worked so at this point we've now brought on brought on our, our VP of ops Keith Leiden yeah yeah um, And, you know, he had come, his background was with a company Plated, which like Shark Tank had acquired them or they gotten funded through there. And they had recently gotten acquired by a bigger company. And so we had, we're now we're starting to put the pieces in place of, all right, we got some studs. We have some players who know the food business. We're in here to disrupt things like uh, Blue Apron. They were, were, you got to have a bad guy. They were our bad guy. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. were our Ivan. We're just, we we want you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... We're like, okay, well, we're getting some traction. Like, people are sound talking about us a little bit and it's starting to take off. Um, you know, and then obviously, fast forward to the pandemic, and
0: dude, not a bad time to be making one more the making. ball, right? Because
1: right. you don't have to, there's no, you don't have to exchange cash mm-hmm.
0: it's still right to your door it's contactless you know can i ask you about the pandemic for a second because the the pandemic to me the food business it ravaged the food business but it did a weird <laughs> thing inside of the food business and that is that it was it was extremely unfair to some right restaurants a lot of mm-hmm. restaurants just got crushed they're being told you have to close they're being told yep. if you're if you, if you live if your restaurant happens to be within this little zone you can't open but if you're in this other zone you can oh open, yeah right then people like you and honestly i'll be honest with you, people like us right pa- yeah. making making shelf stable pantry items all of a sudden it starts to go a little better for us and all you're going and and in in fairness maybe a little unfair they kind of lost a lot of their business people like us we kind of gained a lot of business Mm -hmm. I do you ever do you ever feel I mean I'm not trying to say I guess the question I'm trying to ask is do you ever feel guilty about that but I don't want to ask no I don't feel guilty because there's still hungry people out there you served a need yeah yeah.
1: and and from day one we've never and have in fact said we do not replace a restaurant or a Mm -hmm. restaurant experience because to me going out to dinner the hospitality end of it the service the just the experience of of sharing food at a table with other people that is that is really something special to me you Mm -hmm. know like you think about when you're a kid oh we're going out to dinner tonight you're going out to dinner at home you're having dinner restaurant you're going out to dinner and that's not what we are we're having dinner at home yeah we're a luxury item we're you know it's it's not we're not cheap yeah. but we don't replace a restaurant and while when these restaurants started closing that's when I started reaching out to all the cooks and said hey you guys need work we have work to do you know come with death row mm-hmm. <laughs> come with us, come with us for a little bit i love the reference <laughs> like just but you know what i'm saying come come with us yeah keep cooking when they when they open the doors again, go do your thing.
0: But. You are a reference king, man. I like it. You've referenced <laughs> Ivan so far. You've referenced Death Row so far. Um, it's freaking great. Yeah. How old are you? Are you? We're about the same age. I have a feel. I'm thirty nine.
1: No kidding. Me too. Thirty yeah, nine. Mean, I'm gonna be forty. I'm gonna be forty in a couple of weeks. Oh, happy
0: birthday! Thanks. What are you doing for forty?
1: Uh, my uh, my wife and we're going with some friends and family. Uh, some friends down to. Uh, North Carolina.
0: We got a house down there on the beach. Nice, nice. So, vacation. Could, I like yeah, it. Yeah, we'll get out in yeah.
1: Dodge for a bit. Very
0: good. Um, yeah. I, so, you're a tiny bit older than me. I'll be 40 next year, but I just okay. turned 39. But okay. still, same. I can just tell by your references. Yeah. yeah. The same generation. <laughs> <laughs> I <Yeah>. love it.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, no, I didn't feel guilty. I, um, nope. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> so let's talk about the actual like art behind it, because one thing that uh, is, is clear about when you're working in the back of that Italian restaurant, I just mm-hmm. love these stories. Right? This is like <laughs> the stories of building and businesses that go yeah. from a couple of guys in the back of a restaurant to this, right? Yeah. It, how do you keep the romance of those meals that I just saw back there that they're packing a mile a minute, mm-hmm. right? How do you keep the romance of that original recipe? You know, you as a chef creating the perfect turkey breast or whatever it is that you're making in that moment the perfect sauce whatever you make how do you keep that romance as you scale up well frankly i don't know that
1: you do um there came a point where we had to as an organization understand that what we are is we are a manufacturing facility Mm -hmm. you know we don't have cooks in the kitchen we have operators And that is really that kind of paradigm shift is what helped us and is helping us to grow, is understanding that we are manufacturing a product. We could be making hats back there. Um, We could be making scooters. We just happen to be making turkey or we happen to be making broccoli or soup or Marinara or whatever we're making, we're manufacturing a product because what we owe our customers is a consistent experience that they can count on every time. We're selling them convenience because their meal's ready in three minutes, um, and you know that's a, that's our big thing. We're selling you convenience. Of course, yeah. you don't have to compromise on getting a pizza or getting fries and I love fries I love
0: yeah, pizzas I love pizza too love it. honestly if I was Dan's kids I'd be like you know what I want pizza and fries yeah day. it was
1: interesting when we were at the other place I had uh, which now they're they're blowing up the doughboys and oh yeah so uh, so Jimmy and Anto I they were just starting out and I was like dude can you come cater lunch and dinner for our, for the staff and they set up the, the ovens in, in the kitchen and they were cooking it we actually took some of those pies and vacuum sealed them nice. and shipped them to like our culinary director it was in New York City at the time and so we tried that just kind of like that's fucking great. around on the side but that's great um, so uh
0: so i like what you talked about though you had a a tiny i wouldn't call that a full pivot but a tiny bit of a pivot from it sounds like what you're saying is our mentality the mentality yeah. but it sounds like what you're saying is you operated for a little while at the beginning like a caterer or like a restaurant yeah. and then flipped at some point to a manufacturing facility yeah and, yeah and
1: that was really a lot of the language and the way we do things we had to change it so even at the last building cooks were all still wearing whites and and it's like well but but we're not cooks anymore and and because if we give you a recipe, it's not, I probably make it taste great. Right. Nah, baby, you need to, here's what it says. You're going to put this many grams of salt, this many grams of this, and you're going to follow us exactly because right. it is, uh, we know what's going to happen if you do that. If you think you can do better, that's great. We're going to take it over to the lab. We'll test out any great idea you have, but we cannot go to production until it's been vetted, until it's gone through our process. Yep,
0: yep. I- you know what, it's, it's, I love you say that. It's so great you say that because you will get the occasional rogue person. I'm not going to ask sure. you if have had any, and I'm not going to tell you if yeah. I've had any. But you will get the occasional rogue person who will come to you and they'll just be like, I thought it needed more onion. You'll be like, oh, wait, yeah. wait, you can't just do that. Like, yeah, So and we've had that. We've <laughs> yeah.
1: had that. I said, great, we're going to set that batch aside.
0: Yeah. Love the energy,
1: but yeah. not, now I'm just going to ask you only wants to do it this way. So just uh, do it this way now. Okay, uh, yeah. we could try this and maybe it's great. We'll kick it around the panel. You know what? Some bitch is right. Needs more onions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now so, we can make that change. But th- but also we have nutrition packaging and things. Right now, there's, you've just thrown off the. There's nutrition. other implications.
0: You have to list your ingredients. You you might have just thrown off your ingredient. You know yeah. they're listed in predominant. Might have and... added
1: an allergen, and now.
0: Oh my God! Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like and you know and and honestly, regular people don't think that way, right? Yeah. They don't think that they've just added. Oh, this could use. Well, you know, what would be great. Would be just a little bit a little cheese, right? Yeah. Okay, you've just introduced dairy. Yeah. And this doesn't declare dairy on it, and that's yeah. a major deal. That's recall, right? That's a big, big deal. Yeah,
1: that's... You've got to be careful with that. Yeah, someone liked your sauce... Now they're an anaphylactic shot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: I want them to like their sauce for the rest of their life. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah exactly. So, chokes exactly. on you. They just did. <laughs>
0: All right. So, so uh again, you this beautiful facility, huge facility, mm-hmm. and great. From so from the culinary standpoint, we've talked about that a little bit. Let's yeah. talk about from a business standpoint. You guys have had to grow up as leaders, right? Because mm-hmm. on day one, you're you're. Two, three guys, right? Now you got a lot of people out there. And honestly, you probably have enough people to where, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but you probably, you don't know everybody's name at this point, right? It's probably outgrown that. Put them on their, put them on their bump caps. Oh, that's a smart idea. That's right. They are on all the, on all the, yeah. Well, there you go. But anyway, but it's gotten to the point where you can't necessarily have a relationship with every single employee. It's too big.
1: Sure. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, for, for myself, it's because I went from what I was doing to stepping away from the production of it. Into you know, now I'm the supply chain manager of the company. Mm -hmm. So there's myself, the one of one of the other guys out there. Um, he's a he's he's in the quality department now. He was one of the guys that was in that kitchen with me, you know, all those years ago. And he's been with us, we've been working together for five years, but he moved from we were working in the kitchen and now he's kicking over. Now he's doing quality because he has that culinary eye for, well, this doesn't taste right or they're not doing this right, but he's learned a new skill set. There's another guy out there who was another one of the, the, you know, kind of the four horsemen of real eats. And now he's doing packaging work with us. So um, people have moved into different positions because there's been opportunities, but upward movement and upward opportunity for them. Um, You know, even when we were at, 50, 60 people at the other building. I knew everybody's name because, you know, Chef Marco was in the kitchen and he just, that's the way I like to operate is knowing who I'm working with. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if a kid's sick, I don't want to, I want to, I, to me, there's value in knowing my team and having there's that, a ton of value in it relationship.
0: But, but it, it just it becomes impossible at a certain point, right? To to literally know everybody. But sure. But you, you, you know, you guys obviously are great leaders. You, you wouldn't be able to have built this if you weren't great leaders. So, do you think you've become? a better leader over these years. Did you have anything you look back on the early days when you had, say 10 employees or yeah. 50 employees where you're like, Ooh, I'm cringing at how I used to act at the, honestly, no, you were because, good. Cause okay.
1: that's never the way I've conducted myself. And well, I,
0: And you did. It sounds yeah. like you managed even before here too. Though. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, because I was, you know, like I said, I was executive chef at a yeah. couple of different hotels for the, you know, the last 10, 15 years. So you had so. leadership experience. Yeah. And that's I have just right. never conducted myself in that way mm-hmm. where, um, I was a dick. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there's any value in that other than, you know, maybe fluffs your own ego, but that's stupid. That doesn't get you anywhere. Okay.
0: So this is a big criticism that I get sometimes from my people Mm -hmm. is that I'm too soft, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to be a dick in me, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's extremely rare for me to actually, like... Remember that one thing I was telling you about Mm -hmm. in the other, like I'm, I'm like too soft where I'm, yeah, I'm going to (laughs) be, I'm going to kind of accept less than I think we can do because I'm too like afraid to confront. Right. So there's
1: uh, ways to see. I think there's ways to confront and there's ways to not confront, but there's ways to challenge. Like, you know what? The onion is a great example. You could you could tee off on this dude and say what is your fucking problem, buddy? Right, no, right. But, hey, uh, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. But we're gonna stick with this because this is what they're expecting, and we can explore that. Let's absolutely look at it because that is, I think it tastes great. It could be better, so you don't you don't have to confuse softness with uh, complacency. Okay,
0: so but let me bring you one one step beyond. So let's go onion guy, right? Mm-hmm. Onion guy adds a bunch of onions, and you do everything you just said, where you're mm-hmm. like, hey, love it, you know. Uh, so, so you've made it kind of clear in a very nice, professional way. Mm-hmm. We're not going to add the onions yet. We got to have process. We got to go through. Next week, he adds onions again. Yeah. Is then I gone? walk them. Then, he, then you walk them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just you can be, sure.
1: you can be firm and fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You know? Okay.
1: Okay. And so it's it's about it's about setting an expectation. You know, so much of management and leadership is what you'll tolerate, mm-hmm. and and that doesn't have to say that you have to be an asshole about it. But you can very, set very clear expectations. I mean, you go to you go to any of the great restaurants in Rochester. If someone's boning your dish, eat, he's not working another service on you. Yeah. Like you don't let the same dog bite you twice. Uh huh. There's a door. Get out.
0: Uh, can we talk about the, the get in the weeds of supply chain management for a second oh my I mean let's let let's, 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 let's <laughs> this podcast can be the best podcast ever supply chain management I it. okay so uh, you guys go through a shit ton of broccoli I think I heard you mention yeah, like yeah. oh my god it's, it's that. that's a lot so so bring, let's just take like broccoli for example tell me about supply chain management regarding broccoli what are you just constantly looking for sources or are you more managing the source that you've already identified?
1: Managing the source that I identify okay. working, you know, good forecasting on our end to say, this is where we need to be. And then just good communication with your vendors and saying, mm-hmm. you are saying, listen, man, price is going up at this point. How long do you think it's going to go up? Okay. Can I, can I get a position buy in so we can just maybe mitigate this for a little bit? Salmon's a really good one actually. Mm-hmm. So we buy our salmon, uh, is comes from norway very clean label i buy it through wolf's fish up in boston i put a commitment into a huge a very large amount right that you know i bought i pull off of mm-hmm. the store and i pull off of it i know that i'm gonna have about five months run because it needs to get it gets caught there uh processed uh frozen iqf for me into bulk pack that then gets on a shipping container comes over here stored stateside so now I'm already lo- I have to look ahead to the next four months from now the price is going to go up about four bucks a pound. That's a huge margin hit for mm-hmm. us. So now we have to either say, well, what do we do on our end for menu mix to mitigate that? What do we do? Do we look for another supplier do we look for another source? Or how do I work with that vendor? So right now is the move to reduce our u- find a way to reduce our usage of it. Um, so that way I can try to weather the storm a little bit to when it's gonna, when that market's going to soften up and then when it when it dips on it a little again, pounce on it. Load up my next container? Do I double up my next container? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, It it sounds like you have... You probably have a a lot of buying power, obviously, with the volume you're doing now. mm -hmm. Um, My we're s- smaller than you. I mostly do our supply chain management. I'm probably not very good at it. Same. But it's the same. <laughs> you sound pretty good dude, at it, dude. But we're I'm aiming for. My goals are everything you just said is my goal. Now I'm just asking yeah. for professional advice, honestly. So you, buddy. so like I I'm trying to do the same thing you're saying, but what I have yeah. found in the last calendar in honestly in the last 12 months is some of that is out the window and it's more almost day to day oh for sure with price increases it's almost like i listen i can't guarantee you anything for tomorrow all i can give you is today's price some of yeah. that like let me lock in six months let me lock in 12 months let me give you a volume guarantee mm-hmm. I, I a lot of them won't do that for me anymore yeah it, it gets tough
1: it, it is it is certainly challenging i mean there's we had POs. there was a grain uh purveyor we were working with out of canada i had POs that were four months late mm. i was like I am dying on this shipment. I need this I need this trailer to land here. So now I have to kick it to R and D. We can't get this product. You wanted to use this product. You had to have this product. Now we can't get it. <laughs> How are you gonna make it? Because now you gotta make it. And what do you think you're going to need to make? Because I gotta go find you shit to, yeah. to make it with. Um,
0: oh, God. I think I, I honestly I could talk to you about this forever. This <laughs> is like, this is my world. I, yeah. I just put in a bunch of orders this morning. Uh-huh. Then I got in my car and I had to drive. I had a, a Country Max shoot and then obviously mm-hmm. a meeting with you guys. And I sent the emails. Like I sent out my orders, got in the car, and got two phone calls from vendors, you know, being like, well, we can't get that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's tough. I mean, it, in the early days, the goal was we want to hundred percent buy from local farms and now i have to try to you know some of that is well how do i tell this farmer i'm next year i'm gonna use a hundred thousand pounds of potatoes can you grow it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then what happens if i get to next year and the business folds now this guy's grew a hundred thousand pounds of potatoes i'm fucking leave them whole in the bag i don't want to do that either right, right you know so it's a little like we start working with bigger vendors a lot of that guilt's I don't feel that. Like sure. if, if I'm going to stick you with it, that's you know, kind yeah. of on you. you you'll find someone to buy it. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. not boning someone,
0: which is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Try not to bone Pete. Well, well right. I mean, you don't, want,
0: you don't want to do that to anybody. <laughs> no, right? no.
1: You, it, don't, you never want to leave them holding it. Yeah. No, we yeah. have vendors that like Palmer, for example, dealt with us early on. I, I went to other companies, which, you know, I won't name on the microphone that I was like, I don't need much. I need a couple hundred bucks in order. Nah, fuck yourself. We're not doing that. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Palmers, I'd have my my rep, like, we'd just bring it out, or, you know, Kip would come up, like, yeah, man, don't worry about it. We got you. Totally. You know, and then my spending went from a couple hundred to a lot a year. Yeah. You know? Totally. And so, you know, having vendors that wanted that saw our potential, like I saw the potential here, they saw the potential. Again, risk reward. So
0: I've had the exact same experience with Palmers where I think, You know, because they'll tell you, they'll tell you, well, we're better because we're better customer service. And and that's what everyone will tell you. Yeah. But then it actually happens with them. Like exactly what you just said. We had some yogurt and some mango that was supposed to be on a truck on Monday. Mm -hmm. Mango didn't make it on the truck. Sales rep was there the next morning with the mango.
1: Yeah, Palmer's like that. Flower City Produce. Mm -hmm. Those guys are great too. They're the same thing. I, you know, I need an apple. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. he shows up in the dock. I got your apple. Show. Yeah, I got your apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no,
0: those zoos those are all those zoos are all great. Yeah. So all right. So uh, back to realites a little bit, mm-hmm. and and the overall, I guess, the the business. So you're in this new building. It's only been about a month. Mm-hmm. Is has it been? Has it felt like a pal? It feels like a palace to me. Does it feel like a palace to you?
1: Yeah, bro. We were calling this place. <laughs> so we were calling this place Disneyland. That uh-huh. was because when so our VP of manufacturing, Matt Beetle is that dude is ridiculous i yeah. mean the shit that he's done in his career and he came on board and you no know, he's he's an army ranger and you know and like special forces dude and he came on and we remember like i don't know man this and he goes we're gonna do this we're gonna do this do this oh, pff, you fucking say so all right yeah yeah and he came in and, and like he, everything he puts in place we're like oh wow this makes this makes a ton of sense or people will buck it first and it just works uh-huh. you know and he's like we're gonna Lay these things out this way. That's crazy. Why would we lay it out that way? And then you walk through here and like efficiency's through the roof and everyone's happy. And you know, the place we were at, we were in this warehouse, it was dark and dungy. So we started calling that place Attica and this place Disneyland. (laughs) And you know, instantly when people migrated over here and they started moving, like, oh my God, it's there's there's it's like really light in here and and it's clean and they just felt better about work and now they're they're proud of where they're working and it just Brought everybody up, made them work harder, made them. Just
0: happy to be at work, you know. It, there's pride. I can see it. You know, yeah. there's pride, and you walk into this, and there's pride there, and and it's probably it's it's similar, but maybe a little bit different between the pride you feel, day one guy who worked in the back of that Italian restaurant. That <laughs> you like that? Huh? <laughs> I love. I freaking love that. Like that's my favorite shit in the world. Yeah. And, and then you know, and these guys who you know, some of them probably been here years. Some of them probably been here a couple months. Maybe some a couple weeks. But they're walking into here, and when you walk in these doors, this is legit. You yeah. don't feel it. You're not working. You know, you're not showing up at the back of a restaurant knocking on a door and, and you know, Marco's yeah. letting you in going, all right, come on in. Just throwing sauce a
1: cigarette in my mouth. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is legit, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about, has there been any moments of crisis? Have you ever had any like, holy shit? Oh my God. This, this such and such just isn't working. The line broke down and we need 5,000 meals for tomorrow. Yeah. Have you had a few of those or? You know, knock on wood if you say no. <laughs>
1: trying to think we've not really and and the reason is is because as we've grown we've continued to add the right people so Mm -hmm. we bring in our vp of ops who has uh experience with plated meals right or with plated so now we start to uh, we're able to avoid certain pitfalls by building on their experience um you know we're going through this usda thing we have Steve over there running our plant and, and food safety. We have Darlene who's our food scientist who have experience. So they see these things coming before they become issues. We have sure. we have Matt. We just keep bringing the right pieces in to make to make the company stronger, to make the team stronger and to give us a like a new skill set. Just keep like leveling up by bringing stronger people and using their experience. Yeah. And people who have the same vision of it might not be something now, but this fucking acorn's going to going to be an oak oh yeah that's right so by doing that by putting the right pieces in by bringing the right you know marketing members in or you know bringing the right president who can really push and sell this place and drive us our our president of the company i mean this guy his this guy was the executive chef of morimoto and he had good uncle and he had all this stuff Mm -hmm. and he just pushes the culinary vision pushes our culinary director who was you met over there gabe Okay, this is good, but it's not great. How we make this taste great, right? And then Gabe makes it taste great, kicks it to the to food science. All right, I made it taste great. How do we make it operational? How do we make it safe? How do we make it? Um, how do we replicate it? So having all those pieces, having those right those right people, fuck
0: that just makes yeah. everyone
1: it empowers everyone around. you gets everyone jazzed up. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I see so it. That's, I it. That's how we do it. We just—it was one thing that occurred to me. I think really when we first started, me went in the conference room and I'm sitting around looking at you guys, and you know, knowing all your titles and what everyone mm-hmm. was doing, I was looking around thinking that I was like, "They got a freaking team here, man. Yeah. This is a good team." Yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: it's good, I and mean, we you know we all get along too, which helps.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. What about um the you know we we're talking to Steve and Darlene down there about food safety and mm-hmm. QA and stuff? Did you have to alter recipes at all for food safety, or does the vacuum packing and, and refrigeration can take care of all that so it's a little dicey
1: because like vacuum packing is like immediately you're making your food super dangerous right because mm. if you don't do it right and you vacuum seal it you could run into a lot of real major Cbot problems mm-hmm. with your food so it can get really dangerous you have to be really specific about how you do things really clean you have to make sure everything has to be 100 fully cooked cooled correctly because if it's a little If it's a little questionable going into the bag, once it's vacuum sealed, it's going to get real bad, Mm, right? So that becomes an issue. Um, But we also work very closely from day one with Cornell. Cornell wrote our schedule process. They've really helped us all along the way develop a schedule process that is safe and can avoid these dangerous pitfalls. Yeah, and and for
0: this, a little inside stuff, but scheduled process is basically a letter that, and we use Cornell as well, mm-hmm. pretty much everyone around here yeah, uses yeah. Cornell. But it's basically a letter and a process and a procedure that they're gonna write you, that if you follow it exactly mm-hmm. the way they've written for you. No one's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're gonna create safe product. And so yeah. they basically provide you the roadmap. Um, yeah. And it's not just it's not just like a fun service, I mean, it's like a requirement, but. It is, um, it is.
1: And you know, and we've always taken the approach of with ag and markets, you know, I remember – and you worked in restaurants? Yeah,
0: yeah, a little bit. I mean, in college. Right, literally, I was a – and so, I was always front of house guy. So – oh, geez. Yeah, geez, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And well, so, wait a second. <laughs> hold on a so second. I like talking to people. Um, but,
1: you know, in restaurants, it was always like, oh, fucking health department's here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, scramble. Yeah. That is not our – have, nor has it ever been our approach. Yeah. We've been – how do we work with ag and markets? How do we work with USDA? Like we we had a pre inspection. We call you know Steve called them and said we're thinking about it. Can you come and inspect us? Uh-huh. And it's not all right, guys. Flies up. Do it. Do it right now. Right. Just we show them what we're doing because how do we how do we fix it?
0: So no, I have been around the whole you know previously previous past lives places I've worked. Mm-hmm. I was a bartender, and, mm-hmm. and I've definitely been there for the health yeah. inspector. Get the shot. bottles out of the ice. Right. No, there's none of that. It's, not, yeah.
1: We we try to stay ahead of it by okay what are we doing wrong how do we how do we make this say how do we make it better because yeah. again the goal is like to me when i walk in here every day and i see a parking lot full of cars i love it i was like fucking did it look how many jobs we created right
0: yes geneva you know ge- funny i pulled in your parking lot yeah. and i was on the phone with my mother <laughs> all right and uh and i told and my mom goes who are you meeting with and my, she's not from around here so um, I, I told her this company called real eats she says oh are they a big company i go well they're parking lots full of cars <laughs> yeah. so yes i think they are
1: <laughs> yeah but it's it's so cool because yeah. we're, we're creating all these jobs this yes great. yes
0: um, does it come with pressure though when you go out there and you see all those people and you're like, Oh shit, these people's paycheck depends on me Yeah getting the right broccoli, <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean that's
1: but that's that's like a, a cross I've I've bared forever. Because even running a kitchen, if I screw something up, mm-hmm. like that's on me. If I yeah. if a wedding tasting doesn't go right and we lose we lose seven hundred person wedding, I I you know yeah. Dishwash doesn't get hours now.
0: What's your best wedding fuck up? Did you ever have a – do you ever, like, did the wrong dish for a wedding or something? No, or? I mean, no. no I, <laughs> they wanted mashed potatoes, not smashed potatoes. Yeah, right. Damn no, it. Like.
1: I've, I've always – again, by, by having a strong team, strong sous yeah. chefs, um, just – I've never had anyone, like, frag my bunk, really. You mm. know what I'm saying? So mm. I've always – everyone's wanted to succeed around me, which yes. has been helpful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had a good fuck-up one. Day. I was a wedding DJ. Yeah. we my first two years out of college. Uh-huh. And uh, I dropped, right before the bride and groom okay. were to come out, I dropped the microphone. It rolled away from me and did the mm-hmm. thing, you know. Yeah. And then I f- chased it down, picked up the mic, looked at the bride, and the bride was looking at me like, she was going to kill me, man. So embarrassing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't have any drop-the-mic moments in my kitchens. But, uh, <laughs> That's good. Now we, you know. But unfortunately, you know, front of the house has always been pretty strong for us. Yeah. uh, But now our front of the house is different. Now our front of the house is on the computer. Yeah, right. So,
0: So, all right. So uh, you're in this new facility. And the goal now for the last little while has been let's get into the new facility. Now you're in the new facility. Yeah. So, like, what's the – because you always got an eye on the future, right? What's the next goal?
1: So now we have, um, you know, recently opened a distribution center on the West Coast. So now, um, you know, our next goals are – more distribution centers how do we hit the whole country
0: right now we ship
1: last last i knew i think it was like 40 states we want mm-hmm. 50 states yeah how do, get,
0: how do we get to all of them what's up with those 10 states man
1: they, how are they not getting down with the real east well it's not about that there's there's uh, there's other factors involved it's sure, yeah, because we got to okay. ship the product so how do we get over the how do we get over the rockies
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: you know and that's by opening up satellites that we distribute out of yeah manufacture here make this our manufacturing facility Load up a truck, send it across country. Load up another facility. They pick they they pick boxes and ship them out. Yeah,
0: I know. I keep going back to the same thing. But did you ever think when you were making thirty meals in the back of an Italian restaurant that you'd be talking about a distribution center yeah. on the West Coast? You I did. did. I, I did. fucking you know, love it.
1: You know why I did? Because yeah. um, in talking with Dan, just you know, so he's he's a, from Montreal, and he would come down, at, you know, every, once in a while and he myself and you know in the the vp we'd sit around drinking beers and like you know what we're gonna do i was like what are we gonna do and he told me i'm like it's like if you want to do it we're gonna do it you know and just i love that it's like thomas keller always says um what would you do if you didn't if you thought you couldn't fail
0: that is i do like that except the only thing i don't like about that is are you familiar with elizabeth holmes the theranos story they had that in their lobby. you gotta watch, You got to watch this. Uh, there's a show on, on Hulu. Uh, mm-hmm. This woman started this company called Theranos mm-hmm. uh, years ago, and the idea was they were going to do away with blood testing. So you know how you go, you get your blood tested. they got to take like vials of blood. Yeah. She was going to do hundreds of tests with one drip of blood. And, uh, and it was bullshit. It was yeah, a scam, yeah. basically. Yeah. She took millions and millions and millions of dollars in investments for this machine that never worked. And then they bought real blood machines. Mm-hmm. And then they did all the tests on the real blood machines. Yeah. And it was all. Bi- and anyway, that the only thing when you said that that st- stuck out to me was in the lobby of Theranos, is yeah. they had that saying. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> <can. laughs> yeah, well, it's a great saying. It's just yeah. that seeing the picture of Theranos headquarters yeah. ruined the saying for me. Well, but you know what? It's a great saying. Yeah. It is.
1: Well, so far, it's
0: working for us. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> you guys are doing yeah. all right yeah i mean How i see
1: bullet dodge not into the blood game shit <laughs> oh yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a good i don't know if you get into that or if you even have time to watch tv or anything sure
1: i do the, now i mean like i have time i have time to be a dad and all yeah, that's and, like awesome. live a life
0: yeah but if you ever think so there was a, there's a documentary out there and then also they just did a show you know, like uh, what do you call it? A dr- where they actually had actors. What would you call it? Like a, uh, a not docu- a docu- drama. Yeah, a docudrama, I guess. Yeah, and uh, it has like a M- Amanda Seyfried in it and stuff. Um, so anyway, so uh, congratulations on this. I don't know if you're allowed to say or if you want. Can we talk numbers? How many meals are you doing a day? Do You, know, you want to say it? I get, uh, that's okay. I, yeah, you know, I yeah, that's it's fine. That. fine. I get I get Yeah, I can't get out of it. That's that. okay. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, but it's let's just. It's a lot. It's it's not thirty anymore. Nah, yeah, no, nah, it's yeah. a pile. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, congratulations on everything. Thanks. This is really cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the time and for the tour and just. I don't know. What am I missing? What didn't I bring up? What should I ask about? I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm sitting with the real eats guy. I should have more questions <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. I. I don't know. I. You know. It's. It's been great. It's been great so far, and it's not getting worse. Mm-hmm. You know. We just. We keep building and growing and adding, and um, it's just, it's all really exciting. You got the governor coming here next month. Uh, great, great. I think it's, uh, it's cool. Well, it's, it's awesome.
0: you are It seems like you're aggressively still trying to grow and take uh, take the risks associated with growing, right? Mm-hmm. You're willing to look at new recipes, um, et cetera, et cetera. Just a million different ideas about what you could do. Uh, a, a conversation I was just having this morning actually while I was filming these country max commercials about complacency that can happen in really successful companies mm-hmm. when companies become to the point where they're just printing money yeah all yeah. of a sudden the executives get a little they get a little conservative with the ideas right because now it's like let's not rock the boat let's not do yeah. anything. and I I mean it seems like a scary place to eventually get to
1: yeah you know but I mean y- sure I guess here we don't mind walking a straight line but it at some point, you got to keep a little wiggle in your walk. Of right? course, you got to keep people interested because eventually, let's say we sold the same thing for ten years and everyone loves it. Kentucky Fried Chicken, right? Their chicken, people love it. People yeah. love the original recipe, but they're constantly dropping new things mm-hmm. because you have to you have to stay fresh and exciting. Totally. Because otherwise, you just get stagnant. Yeah. And and with food, you cannot get stagnant because people's taste constantly change
0: i I'll, I'll tell you something this will be some breaking news actually that i'll tell you about my own personal mm-hmm. uh, i have this line of sauce called Googliamo's, been in Wegmans for a while mm-hmm. five of them and uh something that i have not spoken into uh publicly yet mm-hmm. about is we're about to change up the line a little bit because i have felt that i felt like i need a you know we would always come out with seasonal sauces so we always yeah. some, something new coming out but that original lineup that starting five has stayed the same for a while yeah and I'm going, you know what we need to do? We need to drop the least popular of the five, because somebody's got to be fifth out yeah. of five, and we're going to replace it. That's it.
1: Yeah. It's great to sell someone's grandma, but you want to sell to the kids, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how you keep to it. That's how you just keep it fresh. You keep your customers coming in. Yeah. You wanna, you want, I want generations to be enjoying our products.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, listen. Thanks so much for doing this, man. This is freaking cool. Oh, if somebody podcast, uh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. Have you been interviewed a bunch or what? Nah. Uh, no? I
1: mean, early on, we would do stuff, and I kind of had my answers for things and the way I spoke. And Dan would always put me in front of people and stuff. Yeah. And
0: More like, you said like more like scripted answers. More of not scripted. I oh, mean, no. I always you don't I, seem like a scripted guy. I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I just. Uh, <laughs> Just tell the truth. You don't have to memorize anything. So <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. Well, again, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Real Eats. I'm going to assume Real Eats.com, right? Yep. Yeah. Real Eats.com. Real Eats.com. Uh, how, how does the service work? Like, How many – what is it Well, so to it, now?
1: So, so now, um, for years, we were a subscription-based model, right? Mm-hmm. You would just – you would sign up, you would order, and then every week we'd, we'd send you and send you. Then we started introducing more menu items, now you got to choose what you wanted versus these are the three you're getting – yeah. Eat it or piss off. <laughs> Eat it or don't. Yeah. yeah. Or piss um, off. So um, so then we had, but it was still subscription-based. And then we started introducing, well, you have meals, but now you can also get add-ons. So you can get this meal, but oh, you want to just buy some chicken? You can buy these individual chicken breasts, or you can buy some one-off meals or whatever. Uh, then we started adding curated items, so could, you can buy karma water or these yes bars or Bjorn Corners smoked salmon, some things that we would add onto the mm-hmm. bag, but still subscription. Now we were getting away from the subscription model, where it's you can sign on and get it. Then we started doing mix and match. You like the chicken, but for I fucking hate cauliflower. I won't eat it. <laughs> I won't. I just. I don't. I don't care for it. My mother raised me this way. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like cauliflower. I love the chicken. I love the I love the, you know, the Spanish rice. I don't care for the cauliflower. Eh, I want to swash broccoli. Now you can do that. Okay, so now we're going from that to, you know, what if we're just selling components? You know, the meals aren't gonna be kitted. It's just I want I'm gonna order, I don't have to order an X amount of meals. I'm gonna order fifteen chicken, twenty two broccoli cauliflower, piss up a rope. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to get some potatoes. I'm going to do this. And now I'm getting exactly what I want. Piss up a rope is great. <laughs> That's my old man talking <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's, you know, giving the customer what they want. Yeah. Which is I guess really no different than the restaurant.
0: Yeah. Well, we're an on-demand society. We want what you've just described is, yeah. I think, what is the exact yeah. right place for you at, to be.
1: Yeah, look at Netflix. Yeah,
0: of, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know what I wanted to ask. I'm sorry. I know I keep on trying to wrap it up, but I, I oh, did okay. think of one other thing I wanted to ask you. Because we talked about at the beginning how there was HelloFresh, there was Blue Apron, but they were kind of like, here, you do mm-hmm. it. And you guys were like, no. Here's a meal ready for you to eat. Uh, since then, there have been some copycats, right? Absolutely. How has it felt as you see them come around? Because I, I, I'll tell you the truth. One of my personal vulnerabilities, I think, mm-hmm. is... I know that I want to focus only on what we're doing and what the person above us is doing, and and mm-hmm. you need a bad guy like you said. Yeah. I got I got my eyes on somebody yeah. that I'm going after. Yeah, but there's people beneath beneath me who I'm their bad guy. You know what I'm saying? They they might yeah. want to come after me. How does it? Do you do you focus at all on what's beneath you? Or is absolutely? It, you okay? So it's tell great. me about that. Tell it's about great. That. I mean, I think first of all.
1: You need more of us, mm-hmm. because that's only gonna that's the kind of stuff that keeps us getting better. and that's what's gonna give the consumer, th- the consumer has more choice. The fact that they choose us out of a C me makes you feel so good. Mm-hmm. I want that competition. We need that, you know. That's that keeps everyone on their toes and makes every forces everyone to get better, forces everyone to work harder and deliver a better product, which ultimately the consumer is gonna have a better choice maybe they don't choose us maybe they go with someone else who is strictly like you know uh, kettle meals or strictly vegetarian or plant-based or something right that's great go choose them maybe we're not for everybody but i love that th- that the consumer has that choice because then when they choose us that means a lot
0: more yeah i'm so glad to hear you say that because i i've felt uh, like i was doing it wrong mm-hmm. by allowing what's below me to occasionally take my attention but i'm no. i'm I think it is important to look on both sides of yeah. that, but you know, I've been told a million times in my life, it's been like, no, no, no. You know, if you're looking behind you, then you're not heading forward or something. It's not but, looking
1: behind you; it's looking around you. Yeah, because around you know you. what? There was yep. there was a time where there was three of us, and we weren't shit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And now we are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and I want to say, frankly, there should be more stories like that. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's the American dream. It is, and it's yeah. there's a, there's more than enough to go around for everybody. Yeah, we don't want all of it. We just we want enough. We want enough for the people out there. Yeah, you know enough for the people at home. So, uh, you know, we, we don't want to be a bad guy. That's never. That's not the goal. And I, for what it's worth, I don't think Blue Apron are bad people. No, um, yeah. Hello, Fresh, though. They're fucking assholes. I'm just kidding.
0: You no, know, just a bag
1: <laughs> of dicks. But the, uh, no, they're, but they're not bad people either. And then <laughs> right, you, know, you have right. places, other places in roster that do it. Now, we're the only ones who do vacuum seals. The other ones do the map trays and stuff. But we have something that sets us sets us apart. Um, yeah
0: well everyone is the good guy in their version of the story right so you're right they're not bad like there's in the blue apron office somewhere there's good people yeah it's a great service go cook with your
1: wife that's awesome that's that's cool if you only have six minutes
0: yeah come to death row yeah (laughs) (laughs) we gotta end on come (laughs) to death row thank you for doing this you're welcome